Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of, of course, the 90 Min football family as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this episode of the show, we're going to be rounding up all the latest Arsenal-related news reports, all the rest of it. We'll be having some discussions around a load of these stories, and of course, we'll be taking your thoughts and questions a little bit later on from the live chat box. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Hope you're enjoying this Tuesday morning so far. Um, not the greatest weather here in London town. I know you probably think, why is he always going about the weather? Keep saying it has a massive impact on my mood. And I'm not in the greatest mood today uh, because I am starting to grow a little bit impatient uh, with some of these stories. Rice, come on, get it done. Get it over the lineup. I'm not even in a rush for the announcement, but give me something, Fabrizio or David Ornstein or, or someone that says, all done, ready to go. That's all I'm asking for. Not not massive amounts, just that. Um, I am getting a bit sick of that uh, and the fact that it's dragging on. And it goes back to the point we discussed on yesterday's show, which is this stuff can, can dilute, can't it? The excitement that comes when you complete a signing uh, of this size, of this magnitude and all the rest of it. Um Lots of stories going around about Romeo Lavia, which we'll get onto in a little bit. Are we interested or are we not? Because there are conflicting reports uh, going around on this one as well. So we'll get into all of that. And of course, as I say, we'll take uh, your questions uh, from the live chat box. Let's say a few hellos uh, to those of you joining us. Big hello to AJ Envoy. We've got Latvian Guna. Damien uh, is with us. Andy Parsons is here. Dini Man uh, joining us from Guyana. Uh, we've got Hawkind, Haw Hawkind, Hawkwind. Sorry, uh, seventy-seven. We've got not focal. We've got TJ who says, "I'm convinced that rice transfer is not happening." I'm not going to go that far, um, but it is getting a little bit frustrating that it seems to be dragging on. Of course, uh, but I'm not concerned about it getting done. I think it is going to be done, and I think the announcement is is going to come sooner rather than later. But yeah, you, you kind of want to just draw a line under that now, don't you? And, and focus on maybe other targets or. Uh, the next phase of Arsenal's summer transfer strategy. Just a quick plug, by the way, um, before we continue on. Uh, we did drop another piece of members content yesterday, uh, which is available on the Another Slice platform. If you're interested, if you head over there, uh, you'll be able to support the Chronicles of Aguna podcast by signing up for £5 per month. You'll get an additional two episodes, uh, two topical episodes per week uh, throughout the summer. And of course, uh, you'll be supporting me to provide you with more content. You'll be supporting me in terms of upping the level of this podcast, the regularity with which we put it out, all the rest of it. But also 
you'll be supporting the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital, whom we are donating to regularly from our membership pot. So uh, another slash.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. You can find all the information there. If you've got any questions, feel free to drop me a message. Do not hesitate. Oh, wheezing a little bit today. Um, apologies if that's coming through on the recording. It is hay fever for me. Um, I, I seem to sort of kick into asthmatic mode whenever hay fever season comes along, which is wild because it doesn't affect me any other time. Um, took the inhaler thing a little while ago just before we started, but I don't think it's really kicked in yet. So you'll have to bear with me uh, on that. Uh, what else have we got in the live chat? Uh, we've got uh, Afsar, Viju, Andy uh, is with us as well. We've got uh, MM, we've got Jid, we've got Matt Tomos joining us from Chicago. Sai is here. Uh, Stan the Man says, was just going to bed here in Vancouver and Harry's on, so I'll crack open another beer. Enjoy, man. Good to see you. Uh, in the live chat, Abdullah is here. He says, hi, Harry. It's been a very long time. Where have you been then? Uh, where have you been? Uh, we've got son of Ian, Mafia, boss, smart cookie, all the rest of it. I'm not going to go through every single name or we'll just literally sit here for an hour uh, doing that. But thank you, as always, for your continued support of the podcast. And of course, um, don't forget to leave a like, subscribe, all the rest of it. Check us out on a slice, blah, 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 blah. Right. Let's dive into... Uh, the big stories then. Let's start off by talking about Granite Xhaka because um, although it seemed clear at the back end of last season that Granite Xhaka was likely to move, that Granite Xhaka was likely to depart this summer, there was a part of me, I have to say, that just had a little bit of hope that maybe, just maybe, Mikel Arteta would be able to convince him to stay and that maybe he'd do a bit of a U-turn because it does feel like this has been driven by Granite Xhaka, that he wants to go. Um, you know, people have cited family reasons as, as one of the possible reasons for him maybe wanting this departure. A return to Germany is something that clearly appeals to Granite Xhaka, but also his family too. Um, but yeah, looking at his kind of redemption arc, how he went from villain to hero uh, over the course of Mikel Arteta's tenure so far, how he established himself as one of the most important players in the team last season um, and sort of the popularity he managed to sort of gain with the fans. You know, you do you do feel a little bit sad that it's coming to an end now. Um, I certainly feel that way anyway. I feel like I defended Granit Xhaka a lot because I felt that he got a rough ride at times when he didn't necessarily deserve it. And, you know, on the one hand, I'm happy that he's going to leave on a high that he's going to leave with a far better reputation and connection with the Arsenal fans than he had a year, year and a half ago. So that's the positive side of it. But I also think he's a valuable member of our squad. I think he brings an experience, a leadership that isn't easy to come by in the modern game. And I do think that despite us making moves in the transfer market to address these positions and all the rest of it, I do think that it weakens our squad to lose somebody like Granit Xhaka. For me, I'd have loved to have kept him. Don't know exactly what his role would have looked like had he stayed. Um, and although he hasn't signed on the dotted line just yet for Bayer Leverkusen, uh, this is moving very much in the right direction. Now, we heard back in May that Bayer Leverkusen had put an offer on the table, which was worth around about £13 million, uh, which we all agreed at the time was 
almost insulting based on how good Granit Xhaka had been and how important he was to the team. Um, the fact that, you know, he was a, a regular in the starting 11 and somebody that Mikel Arteta really leaned on and relied on for so many different reasons. We all agreed that the £13 million offer, as I say, was probably insulting. Arsenal have gone back, have obviously batted that away. Conversations have, have been ongoing. Discussions have been had. And Arsenal, according to reports, uh, Kaya Kainak put this story out yesterday of Football.London, have managed to agree a deal with Bayer Leverkusen to the value of €25 million, Euros, which translates to around about £21.5, uh, maybe slightly just over a million pounds. Now, I still don't think that that is a massive amount of money. I still don't think that that reflects the importance of Granit Xhaka on our side. But I also understand that you have to take other factors into uh, account here. So his age, wrong side of 30, people always talk about that and what a big deal that is or can be seen as. Add to that as well that his contract situation is what it is with a year remaining. You can understand why Arsenal can't get top dollar um, and, and probably would see the deal collapse should they push that little bit harder to get more. But at the same time, I just think when you look at the way the market is right now, I mean, look at what Chelsea are paying. Uh, I beg your pardon, Manchester United are paying to get Mason Mount in. Look at what they're paying to get him in. He's going into the final year of his contract. Look at what we pay to get Gabriel Jesus in going into the final year of his contract. Now, I understand that those players are of a younger age profile. They feel like a more worthwhile long-term investment, all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, when you think about how important Granit Xhaka is, when you think about even what Ruben Neves has gone to Saudi for, you know, to me, it, it does still feel like he's being undervalued in this. But as I say, he wants to go. Um, clearly, you know, it's being driven by his side and I think given that when Mikel came in, he had to convince Granit Xhaka to stay after, you know, everything that had happened under Unai Emery. I think almost there'll be a feeling within the club that actually Arsenal and Mikel Arteta owe it to Granit Xhaka to let him do what he wants to do now and, and to try and facilitate it as best as possible. Now, there is a line, of course, and you don't want to be essentially taking the piss out of um, with the price. And I think that the £13 million offer that was on the table would have been doing exactly that, taking the piss out of Arsenal. 21 and a half is certainly a lot more reasonable. Not ideal for me, but it's much better and it shows that Arsenal can, um, you know, dig their heels in and make sure that they get slightly more um, and, and that money could be invaluable. The other thing as well, and we, we discussed it on uh, our members podcast, as I say, which came out yesterday, you can find it on another slice. Uh, it was a discussion around Arsenal's three-phase summer transfer strategy. And we talked about the importance of getting transfer fees in for players, but also the significance of getting them off of the wage bill. And I think there's an element of that here as well. It's not just about what you bring in for Granite Xhaka. It's about what you save in terms of weekly slash monthly outgoings and how you can then use that to rebuild and how you can use that to, fingers crossed, move forward as a football club. So, yeah, all interesting stuff. Um, if you want a full uh, breakdown of Arsenal's three-phase summer transfer strategy, head over uh, to the platform. You'll find the link in the description. Sign up, support the podcast, and get access to more content. Let's see what you guys are saying uh, in the live chat uh, about this. Um, I think there is a, 
a sort of mixed reaction to this. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Andy Jackson clearly not feeling any type of way um, about uh, Granite Xhaka potentially leaving in terms of being sad about it. He says, not for me, good riddance. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Stan the Man says, Granite Xhaka is like Moses. He led his people to the promised land, but he wasn't allowed to enter due to past transgressions. <laughs> I like that. Um, I like that. Joel says, I don't think it makes sense to lose Xhaka and Partey at the same time. This is seriously telling on my emotions. Is it wrong to have them all together for the sake of depth and experience? I agree with you. Um, I know the wages will be a factor. I know that Arsenal need to bring money in uh, to kind of balance with what they're doing in terms of the transfer market. I get all of that. Um, but I really don't think the Granite Xhaka one is in Arsenal's hands well, obviously, it's in Arsenal's hands because he's under contract technically uh, sort of from that point. But the point I'm trying to make is I don't think this is something that Arsenal are pushing for. I think this is something that Mikel Arteta feels he owes Granite Xhaka uh, because of the fact that he stayed on and um, and continued even after his bags were packed and he was off uh, in the past. Uh, Pete says, think Xhaka goes when Rice is finally done. Uh, Halo Mateus says it doesn't seem to be a lot of money outside the Premier League, with the exception of the new Arabian market. But most teams in Spain and Germany have surplus the last five years uh, on average. So, yeah, I think if you think about what that fee means in Premier League terms, 21 and a half million pounds, 25 million euros. If you think about what that means in Premier League terms, it isn't that much, obviously. But yeah, if you translate it to the Bundesliga, then all of a sudden it's probably around the value of 40, 45 million pounds. And that becomes very, very different. And I think this is something that we as fans have to become aware of and condition ourselves to understand is that the financial disparity between the Premier League and everybody else is so great right now that there are going to be deals that to us don't look like amazing value. But you can bet that your Bundesliga club, your La Liga club, your Serie A club have had to really push the boat out to do that and will feel that based on their financial situations and their means that they're doing exactly that and they are being reasonable in their offers as a result. So you've got to, you've got to bear that in mind as well, of course. Uh, let's take this one from uh, Tony who says, um, sorry, Harry, I'm glad he got back into the Arsenal fans' hearts, but he had one good season. We need to move on and it's the same with Partey. They both dropped off last season and that didn't help us in the end. Where I disagree with you is I think it's really, really harsh to say that Granite Xhaka dropped off. I think Granite Xhaka dropped off a touch because of what he had around him not being as strong as it normally was or had been up until that point in the season. So I think you're right to point the finger at Thomas Partey and say the drop-off was significant. There is a cause for concern there. I don't think that's fair to say about Granit Xhaka on the basis of, of last season. I agree that prior to last season, he wasn't as useful. Um, and there was a reason that he wasn't as well liked as he as he turned out to be this season. But I also think management had a big part to play in that. I think Granit Xhaka was put into a position that maybe even he didn't believe he could play at the start of the season, but showed incredible professionalism to just be able to kind of put that to one side, focus on the task in hand, listen to Mikel Arteta, take on his guidance and then play the role in a really, really effective way. 
Um, Damien Kelly says, I'm happy Xhaka is going. There are levels and we need an upgrade. Um, uh, I think there are upgrades available. Of course there are. And I think we've, we've probably got a couple in. Um, but I think that you need depth and we are taking away from the depth by allowing him to go. Um, Dirt McGurth. I mean, you got a name like that on, on social media. He's got a picture of Arteta uh, with bottle job on it. Three-phase summer plan. People actually buy into this PR nonsense. How about managing £600 million of players and not bottling the league? How about you support somebody else uh, with nonsense takes like that? Um, what else have we got? Some of you talking about Chuamani. There's, there's still reports um, of that going around, but I, I don't see um, that coming to fruition. Not at this um not at this point. Uh, anyway, um, right. Let's uh, let's take it on from the Granite Xhaka story. So just to kind of wrap up on that, Arsenal are said to have agreed a fee with Bayer Leverkusen uh, to the value of 25 million euros. Translates to around about 21 and a half million pounds. And uh, that is going to see the Granite Xhaka deal done as soon as Arsenal has captured Declan Rice, you feel. Um, let's talk about uh, the boys returning back to training. Images of some of them arriving back at London Colney yesterday. Um, there was only a few pictures going around. So I've seen people online saying, why isn't this player there? Why isn't that player there? You've got to remember that they all have different schedules. Some would have been involved in international games at the end of the season, therefore have a slightly extended break. That's one of the real difficulties of preseason. I think you don't get to get everyone back at the same time. And so there'll be varying levels of fitness, which makes your preparation to the season that little bit more complicated. But um Lots of players coming back. We saw Trossard, we saw Jesus, uh, we saw a number of others. Uh, no pictures of William Saliba, which I think caused people to panic. But there were images of him, Tommy Asu, and a couple of others away training in Spain over the summer. So that doesn't mean that Saliba's not ready um, or hasn't come back. We The truth is we don't know that. Uh, we only get to see the pictures that the club decides to put out. So you've got to um, you've got to make uh, sure you're aware of that and, and not go into too many uh, unnecessary panics off the back of it. Um, ongoing talks apparently uh, regarding following Balogun's future. Arteta said to be very, very impressed with him and wants to keep him at the football club. But at the expense of what and at the expense of who? This is the real interesting question here, because if you want to keep following Balogun, then you've got to question whether there's still a place for Eddie and Ketia. You've got to question the idea of, um, you know, essentially waving away what would be a, a significant transfer fee uh, that you could get for Balogun because of how well he performed last season. I talked a lot about his commercial value being the US men's national team centre forward now and all the rest of that. Arsenal will have to think about whether they believe that he's good enough to kind of write off the money that they would be getting in. Now, everybody keeps talking about Arsenal spend and how ambitious they've been. I promise you they're going to try and recoup as much of that as they can in this window because that's the way we operate as a football club. It's not a criticism. I'm not knocking them. That's just the way. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, 
not just for football. And saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer goes following Balogun is said to be valued by Arsenal Football Club at around about 50 million pounds I don't think you get that for him I've said all along 30 to 35 million pounds feels about right uh, for the US international and I think you know Arsenal need to weigh up whether they need to bring that money in or if they think he deserves a chance if he deserves a chance if he proves himself in training to be ahead for example of Eddie Nketiah then I think Arsenal will maybe consider moving him on should the right offer come along. I think Eddie Nketiah can have a really good career at a mid-level Premier League club, playing regularly week in, week out. Because it's not fair on him as well. You know, as a striker, you need rhythm. You need to be scoring goals for fun. You need it to become a habit almost. You need it to become second nature. And I don't think you can do that when you don't play very much. And Eddie Nketiah is in that boat. So if Arteta decides that Balogun is ahead of Enketia or is the better option of the two. I wouldn't be surprised if Enketia is put up for sale and the, the feelers go out with regards to who may or may not be interested in him. Um, but according to these reports doing the rounds with regards to Balogun, it seems as though Mikel Arteta and his people, um, Balogun's people that is, have been in contact throughout the duration of his loan spell. Now, I know that they would have been in contact naturally because the parent club uh, there'll be like a loan development officer whose job it is to make sure that that loan's going well, make sure the player's happy, the club's happy, everything is going in the right way and in a way that benefits all parties. But I've also sort of read some stuff over the last 24 hours with regards to how involved Mikel Arteta was in that. And the fact that he was seemingly quite involved, I think, could be a hint or a clue as to what might happen with Balogun. And I know a lot of people think he's gone and he's got one foot out the door. Maybe that's not the case. We're going to have to keep a close eye on that one between now and the end of the window. I think he'll be on the preseason tour. I think Arsenal, as I've said before, would be silly to give up the opportunity to take somebody like following Balogun uh, on the preseason tour 
given his commercial value to the North American market. Uh, so yeah, we'll um, we'll see how that goes. But um, I think he'll be on that tour. And if there is going to be a decision made that sees him leave, uh, then I think it will um, it will come after that. So uh, yeah, hold fire on that one. Um, big hello to everybody joining us a little bit later on in the show. Uh, don't forget to leave a like, subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking new. Uh, Going to dive into the comments in just a second. We're on our way towards. 30,000 YouTube subscribers, as I always say, it doesn't include all the wonderful people that listen on the podcast platforms as well. So we're well in excess of that overall, but we want to get to 30K on YouTube. That'll be a really cool milestone to hit sooner rather than later. I think we're about, we're we're on, I want to say 28.3, something like that. Um, So we're about 17 odd hundred away, but that feels achievable by the end of the year. So guys, please, Uh, If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on audio, come over and subscribe on YouTube as well. Because from time to time, there will be bits of content that you can't get in audio because they are visual. So, yeah, do check that out. Right, let's dive into the comments to see what you guys are saying. Uh, We've been talking about following Balogun uh, in the last few minutes. Uh, Joel says, I think in my heart of hearts, Balogun should be convinced to stay and fight for a place. Alejandro says... It should be at the expense of Enketia. I would prefer Balogun to Enketia as well. Nelson and Balogun, a good project. Um, Emirates uh, Faithful says, the fact that you're saying Balogun and Eddie in the same breath is a joke. Is it really? I think if Eddie Enketia went and played in Ligue 1 in France, he'd have got double figures in terms of goals. If he played regularly, week in, week out, and was able to find his rhythm and flow. People seem to forget that Eddie Nketiah actually did a really good job of covering for Gabriel Jesus during that period of time when the Brazilian was absent. Is he the same quality? No. Does he bring the same in terms of the link-up play, the build-up, all the rest of it? No, he doesn't, but he certainly did a good job. And for some reason, it's as though as soon as Gabriel Jesus come back, fine, everybody's happy to have him and, and, and pleased with the fact that the level went up again. But it was almost as though people just dismissed everything that Eddie did. And I think that's a little bit unfair. Uh, Rob says, wouldn't we get a similar amount for Eddie? I think we could get a similar amount for Eddie um, if we sold to a fellow Premier League club. I think that's the key. I think Balogun, because of his reputation on the continent after what he did last season, could probably command a bigger fee from a European side. Eddie Nketiah, I think, being sort of England's under-21 record goal scorer and having been around the Premier League for a little while, I think would be would be somebody that we could sort of match Balogun's value with, but probably only from a Premier League club with the financial muscle that unfortunately the rest of the continent just doesn't have at this moment in time. So I think if you sold Eddie, for example, to a Crystal Palace or or something like that, or West Ham, I think you could get around about the 30 million pound mark. But the minute you start trying to ship him overseas, I think then you lose that value. Whereas Balogun for me has that. So that's the difference. Um, Case Miles says, I think the mentality of having two strikers is poor considering we know we always have injuries and the amount of games that will be played. It's good to have three strikers with different profiles. But I think the interesting thing here is that Arteta quite likes from time to time um, to play with a false nine. And I think when you bring Havertz into the equation as well, who can play as a false nine, Mikel in the past has said that Smith Rowe could do that role. Enketia uh, is there, Jesus is there, but you've also got people like Martinelli who could go out there as well. 
um, you know, it makes it for me unlikely that we go out and bring in another striker or that we hold on to three out and out centre forwards. Um, I'm going to just push through uh, some of the comments and jump onto the next story because I'm just conscious of time. Um, but uh, we will get to your questions in a little bit. Just want to quickly touch on uh, the Romeo Lavia stuff. We talked yesterday about the fact that Liverpool seemed to be leading the race to sign him and that Arsenal were at risk of potentially missing out on the Southampton man. And the truth is, I just don't know what to believe right now when it comes to Arsenal's rumoured interest in uh, the uh, midfield player. Because yesterday, I think the Times said that Arsenal were interested. Arsenal's interest was, to use Fabrizio's phrase of the window, concrete, and that they would make their move once they were able to wrap up the Declan Rice deal. And then Sky Sports' Dharmesh Seth sat on TV yesterday and said, look, I'm not, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not shitting on other people's journalism, but the information I have is that Arsenal are not interested in, in signing this player. Um, and I think, you know, that kind of backs up reports that Arsenal had been put off by Southampton's price demands and all the rest of it. Personally, my gut feel is that we're not as interested in Lavia as maybe Liverpool are because it feels like they're further down the line in this. Is that because of the Rice thing? Have Arsenal almost put Romeo Lavia on ice and told him, look, hold fire. Uh, we're coming for you. We just need to get this deal done. I don't know. But at this moment in time, nothing is progressing uh, between Arsenal and Romeo Lavia. So you have to probably start to think that maybe this is not a realistic deal and, uh, and maybe we're going to look at alternatives. What is clear is that if Xhaka leaves and Partey leaves, which could still happen, is that we definitely need at minimum one more midfielder. Um, I would argue that we need two still. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think we're going to have to just hold tight on this one and see how it develops, if it develops in Arsenal's favour at all. We've also been linked with Benjamin Henricks, uh, RB Leipzig defender. Um, just wondering if this makes a lot of sense, given that we've... Uh, we're closing in on the transfer of Urian Timber. Um, I'm just going to bring up uh, Hendrix's profile. Uh, obviously, an RB Leipzig player, 26 uh, years old. Bear with me a second. Uh, Henrik, sorry, I don't know why I put the E in there. There we go, Benjamin Hendrix. Uh, right back, um, 26 years old. Uh, current German international of Ghanaian descent as well. Uh, I understand, uh, as I say, yep, 26 years old, contract expires June 2025, played 10 times for the German national team. If you go back to last season, let's have a quick look at his statistics and, and how that all worked. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Actually, yeah, let's just break it down by performance in competition uh, anyway, um, rather than just last season. 127 Bundesliga appearances, five goals, 11 assists. Not bad for a defender. 101 games for RB Leipzig. Played at Bayer Leverkusen uh, previously as well. Uh, made that move um, from Bayer Leverkusen to Monaco back in August 2018. That was a 20 million euro move. Uh, went from Monaco uh, to RB Leipzig on loan. And then that deal uh, was made permanent for 15 million euros in July 2021. Uh, let me just go back to... Uh, hold on. All seasons. Let me just filter this down. Let's go back to the 22-23 season. And he played um, 
in a number of positions. He played right back. He played left back. He played in midfield as well. Uh, so again, we keep talking about versatility and how important that is to Mikel Arteta. Um, you know, he's he's got plenty of that, it seems. But to me, this one doesn't really make a lot of sense, given that we're closing in on Uri and Timber. Um, and also because from what we're hearing out of Germany, RB Leipzig have zero interest in letting this player go. And what that means is that you're going to have to really break the bank to get it done. Now, according to transfer mark, he's valued at 15 million euros, which is reasonable. But you'd imagine that if RB Leipzig want to keep a hold of him, they're not going to allow um, this to be uh, done in a cut price fashion. They're going to want to make sure that they get a lot of money in for a player that clearly they don't want to lose. And I don't know if Arsenal have it in them to go and do another big deal prior uh, to, to selling players. Phase two of the transfer window uh, is upon us, uh, as, us as I explained uh, on our members podcast yesterday, which remember you can check out via the link below. Um, okay, uh, that's that one. Uh, also, uh, Arsenal remain interested in Joao Cancelo, according to reports coming out of Germany. And the reason for that is um, he's a player that Mikel Arteta admires, a player that Arsenal would quite like to add. Although Joao Cancelo's preference, according to reports, is uh, to um, is is to go to Spain, uh, Arsenal are one of the only clubs really with a, a concrete, should we use that word again, interest in the player who have the finances to give him something along the lines of. Um, what he was earning at Manchester City, or at least something that kind of stacks up to that in some way, as well as being able to pay a transfer fee to Man City to get him in. This is the problem that João Cancelo is having right now. So I think this is one Arsenal are keeping an eye on. And if the opportunity presents itself, they may pounce. But at this moment, nothing is close on that one. Uh, also, Alessia Russo, very close to joining the Arsenal women's side. Confirmation is almost here. There were rumours that the reason the stadium uh, tours were were cancelled or, or postponed yesterday afternoon and the club put out on their website that it was due to club activity was because they were filming something um, with regards to her announcement. Hopefully they were filming bloody Declan Rice's as well because uh, we're still waiting for that, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that's um, that's all the latest stories. I'm going to take a couple of questions uh, from the live chat box just because I do have to run uh, and pick up my son from nursery. I mean, these 12 o'clock finishes are in. A nightmare, aren't they? Um, I mean, what's the point in even going in? By the time I drop him off, got to go and pick him up again. Um, let's take this one from um, let, let's take this one from Lacquer. Uh, super chat donation. Thank you so much. He says Lacquer's at 27 goals. Uh, Balogun got two. Balogun's got to show it in the EPL. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I agree with that. But Balogun's stock is really high at the moment in that. If he comes back and plays a handful of games, his value is not going to stay anywhere near where it is today going into this summer um, because that will decrease quite rapidly. It's it's amazing how things can change quite quickly in that sense. So I think we're going to have to, um, yeah, I think we're going to have to uh, obviously make a decision on whether we believe that Balogun can do it. And if he can, great. But you've got to understand that the risk you're taking is that if he comes back, doesn't really make an impact. You're no longer going to be able to command what you can command for him now in the transfer market. Uh, Halo says, Harry, is Timber being recruited preferably to play at right back or as a central defender? Truth is, I don't know. Uh, some suggestions have been that it's, it's for him to come in as a right back. There's a lot of talk 
around Ben White returning back to centre-half. That that was always the plan going into this summer. We'll have to wait and see on that. But obviously, the great thing is that he can play in either of those positions. And given, as I keep saying, we're going to fight on multiple fronts, we're going to need that versatility and ability uh, to shake things up. Um, Let's see uh, what else we've got. (laughs) Rob says... Do Arsenal have the longest drawn-out signings than any other club? Feels like Rice will be 26 before negotiations and the ink is dry. It does feel like that. Um, It does feel like that. It does feel like it's dragging out. What I said on, I think it was yesterday's show, or maybe the one before, was for me, the fact that Manchester City kind of pulled out of the the race in the way that they did, sort of indicating that they weren't going to make a further bid. It kind of just it took away from the speed of things because there was no longer that urgency to get it done. And there was no longer that fear hanging over Arsenal of somebody else coming in and and swooping him off his feet and taking him away. So because of that, um, you know, it has, I think, allowed things to just slow down. Doesn't mean we should panic or be overly concerned, but it has had an impact, I think, on the speed of the negotiations and the speed of of wrapping this stuff up. Uh, Delisu says, um, Hi, Harry. Do you think Tommy Asu has a long-term future at Arsenal? I hope he does, because I think he's a really, really useful player when he's fit and available. Again, his versatility is everything. You can play him at left-back. You can play him at right-back. You can play him at centre-back. Physically, he's got so much to offer as well. And I think that's a big thing. You know, we don't want to be bullied. We want to be tough. We want to be able to compete on that level as well as a technical level. We weren't always able to do that in the past. And Mikel Arteta, I think, with some of the signings he's made, has really addressed that. He wants a bigger side, a stronger side, a physical side, as well as a really intelligent and technical one. I think he does have a future, but that's going to be based on him being able to overcome the fitness problems that have plagued him over the last couple of seasons. So um, as a player, in terms of what he offers, absolutely. But he needs to be able to, um, to stay fit because ultimately you can't fight for a place in this side if you're not fit and available. Uh, Going to take one more just before I dash. I'll take this one from Jid. You think, do you think Arteta's ruthlessness can be problematic in the future? There are so many players that seem to have lost faith after just one season. Zambi, Tavares, Guendouzi, Pepe, Marie, etc. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think ruthlessness is required to be at the top level and to compete at the top level. I think that it's almost refreshing to see that because there was a lack of that. Um, you know, at, um, at Arsenal in in recent years, and that was a big, big problem. I think as long as the team's performing and as long as the team's doing well, nobody will ever look at him and say he was unfair with these players. People will look at it through the lens of, well, they weren't good enough and Mikel Arteta had to make a decision. When you're not performing and you're not getting results, then people will start to scrutinise your every decision and your every move. And all of a sudden, the likes of Lakonga, Tavares, Ginduzi, as you mentioned, they can become an issue for you as a manager in terms of the perception of how you dealt with those those situations. Right now, I don't think it's a problem. But if things take a turn for a worst for the worst, all those players go off and and do great things elsewhere, then people will, of course, look at that. Right now, though, do I think that Sambi, Tavares, Ginduzi, Pepe, or Pablo Marie are going to go elsewhere and pull up trees? I don't think so. I think all of them have moved to clubs that are a step down. Uh, the ones that have left, of course, and the ones that will still leave will probably take a step down as well. So, um, no, uh, not really a concern for me at this stage, but things change and, and you need to be across them. 
Right, guys, I am going to leave it there. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Don't forget to leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking new. We'll be back with more very, very soon. Until then, take care of yourselves. Have a great Tuesday, and uh, I'll see you when I see you. Until then, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.